3: Afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at SuperTalk.fm and at SuperTalk TV. Coming to you as always from the Pearl River Resort studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the Sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. We are rolling into a big weekend of college football, and then it's the NFL. You got games coming on tonight Tulsa and Memphis, where Memphis is a seven point favorite at home. Georgia Southern and Louisiana, where Louisiana is a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. You want to get into the action for those games? You can do so at the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit PearlRiverResort.com for more information. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borkey, thanks for being with us. You want to chat? You want to visit? You want to connect? C Spire Text Line. That sounded like an ad for like Bumble or something. You wanna chat? You wanna visit? You wanna connect?
4: <laughs> Send us messages on the hotline, yeah. Uh not really what I had in mind. You got thoughts on football
3: this weekend Although our text or other line things? has gotten
4: sexy a couple of times on accident. <laughs> C
2: Spire just text swipe line. right. And we're right here.
3: 21879 4395. Want to give your business the edge? Get gigabit fiber internet from Seaspire Business, backed by world class IT professionals who live where you do, right here in Seaspire country. For more, online, slash business.
4: Glad we're all in a good mood today, boys. Dude, I'm pumped. Although, again, 15 seconds on this, and I won't make the audience suffer beyond. I watched a pretty incredible fourth quarter of basketball last night. Zion and Brandon Ingram versus DeMar DeRozan oh, thought... and Zach Levine, man, th- those guys were cooking in the fourth quarter. It was awesome, like just high-level shot-making and playmaking and and we won, which is why I'm happy about it. But that fourth quarter, college basketball cannot replicate until March. And March is incredible. But no, man, no, was, man. That
3: Bellerman Louisville game last night was kind of a big deal. Biggest win in school history for Bellerman,
4: Bellerman? or Bellermine? Bellerman, I believe. Bellerman. I thought it was Bellermine, but okay. So you know you know where it is, obviously. You know that they use Louisville's old arena. So Louisville builds a new Assembly arena. hall. Yeah, they build a new arena. Is that right?
3: Assembly hall. No,
4: that's Hall Indiana. Indiana. Yeah, that's Indiana. Either way, yeah, we we can Google it, I guess. But yeah, Louisville builds the Yum Center, and they move out of their old place, and in moves Bellerman. Bellerman makes the jump from D two to D one. Freedom Hall. Freedom Hall. Freedom. Two years ago, right?
2: Isn't that when they Freedom moved of Assembly? It's all you know.
4: Yeah. Either way, very, very new Division One program in Louisville's old house are using Louisville's old house, and they go and beat them. Seriously, that's like Mississippi College going to Starkville and winning. It really is. Yeah. Could you imagine what state fans would think or Ole Miss fans would think if Mississippi College makes the jump up to D1 basketball and a year later
2: beats you? Ooh, It would be rough. It would be rough. But don't worry. We're going to have a great show today. I have a 58-point plan to make sure that our show is good. Number one, less cross. Number two, more wrestling and soccer. Number
4: three... Do you know what he's talking about, Richard? Yes, I do.
3: John, John Cohen's 58-point plan to...
2: 58-point uh, plan.
4: No,
2: it's not the plan,
4: right? It's a checklist.
3: Yeah, the yeah, coach yeah. has yeah. To,
2: to have Cr- A
3: plan, a checklist... What percentage part of, the, of, the plan. of the boxes have to be marked positive or with a, with a check mark? All of them. All of them. Oh, you got to go a perfect. Yeah, fifty-eight you, for fifty-eight. Coaches got to yeah. hit them all.
2: We're not settling here. We're getting we're getting the hundred percentile.
3: That means you've got to use two sides of the scantron, right? Aren't there only fifty blanks on the scantron?
2: You may have to may have to if, get if a I second scantron correctly? there. I agree. Oh. Yeah, I think you're correct. What if you get all fifty-eight right, but you misspell your name? Done. Yeah, you just you fill in a C, I, 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 that that F where it's supposed to be a G. I don't know. Uh,
4: that, that seems it, long. I understand. I hope he doesn't actually have a list of fifty-eight things like sitting on his desk. I, I hope.
2: And, I kind of hope he does. And
4: when he's talking to Jimmy Sexton or the very small handful of other agents that represent coaches in college football, uh, that he's not going through this checklist. Hey, Jimmy, does he do this? Yeah, okay, hey, good. Hey, Check. G- Does he good, do this? good conversation. Can we run through this checklist before we wrap things up?
2: <laughs> number number 7. <laughs> Can
3: you come uh, up with 58 qualities that you're looking for in a head football coach?
4: I could I can't come up with 58 qualities I'm looking for in my wife. <laughs>
3: and, and
1: I'm attached I to her for life, all man. I know,
4: <laughs>
3: all I know is it's a good thing that your wife didn't have a checklist with 58 points yeah. on it that had
4: to be affirmatively filled out. <laughs> we wouldn't have gotten past line four, but uh, but here we are. Um, that's a, that's not serious, right? Though, uh, like that's, that's serious.
1: I mean...
2: Have you met John Cohen? It's serious. Well, then, uh,
4: and another thing it's, I saw... It's Hade
2: super Ed, serial.
4: Hey, that had replied to me, and I appreciated that. So th- this is the point we're getting to in the Auburn coaching search, because a hire can't happen for another three weeks at least, right? Because they're going after yeah, current like head coaches. 18 in those, days? 18 days. So at the yeah. earliest, the hire's being made in two and a half weeks because they're going after sitting coaches. And they're not going to take other jobs while a season is currently going on. It doesn't happen. I, I read an article today. And it was an aggregation of Bruce Feldman quotes on the Feinbaum show. So already I hate myself for having Ooh. read that. Ooh. I mean, that yeah. just sounds terrible. Wow. But... um an aggregation of Bruce Feldman quotes on Fineball. Yeah. I, I mean just Bruce Feldman does a good job. You know, sometimes I, I I do things and then I look back and think, I wasted
2: I, I could have been doing anything else in the world and I Idiot. did that. I mean if you just if you just added like it had been a Saturday down south con- you know correspondent repeating bruce feldman's quotes on fine mob then you would have just been ruined
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. and now <laughs> the listener is going to hear me describe what feldman said or no hear me describe an aggregation of what feldman said on the fine bomb show
2: so third hand information and, and then go. he's
4: going to tell his buddy anyway
2: um but and they're going to tell two friends yeah and they're going to tell two friends
4: he he talked about how Auburn has the chance at giving Lane Kiffin an offer that he can't refuse. And before he mentioned money, he said the opportunity to work for John Cohen. And I thought, Bruce, what the are you talking about? (laughs) What are you talking about? Is that like some high honor To go work for John Cohen, that Lane Kiffin sitting in his office talking to his agent, thinking, "You know, I really love where I am,
2: but John Cohen is at Auburn. I got to go work for him." A man with a fifty-eight point checklist. I want to work for that.
4: I mean, come on, just talk about money. And in Auburn has more recently been to a championship than Ole Miss. Okay, that's all you have to say. If Auburn offers. If they do the godfather contract, there's a chance he's gone. That's all you got to say because that's a realistic thing. Despite what some people think, money is a real thing. It's hard to turn down $100 million guaranteed or whatever. Okay, It's possible that that happens. So start and end there. Money. They could give him a godfather contract that Ole Miss might not be able to match, and so it's a possibility. Not, well, you know, he really couldn't turn down the chance to work for John Cohen.
2: And Cohen has I mean, a sort come. of a raspy voice like like Don Corleone did, so you know. come on. Lane Giffen, come on. I'm glad man. you came here to meet with me on the day of my daughter's wedding.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: why why do people
4: overcomplicate stuff? Why? He's not taking the Auburn job because he really wants I, to work for Cohen. I, I laid Cohen. it out for
2: you. I laid it out for you there. He's worked for a former football player. He currently works for a former basketball player. He wants to get a baseball player on his on his resume. Who played hockey in college? Who's there, they're there next? Yeah. <laughs> Any track stars? Somebody somebody at Iowa or
3: something. So there there are lots of things out there that are entertaining, right, over the last 24 hours. You know, Borky in in chapter three hundred twenty six of Brian Haydad so desperately wants to hate Lane Kiffin and yet he just can't. I present to you Lane Kiffin's Twitter feed from the last. I'll even give you forty eight hours. So, what what do he say? Well, I'm just going to give you one after another because it's like the stream of consciousness, the different things, the. Rat poison, not rat poison, the goat fuel earlier in the week. A a retweet of a sold-out graphic for Ole Miss, Alabama. The one that's gotten a ton of attention was the picture of the book sitting on the desk. The Leadership Secrets of Nick Saban, written by John Talty, Red marker just above the book, clearly going through the books and circling and underlining things along the way. Oh, wait, wait. What is that? What is that? Underneath the book. Alabama 2022 defensive call sheet. How did that paper get under there randomly underneath the the picture? Next tweet, Juice Kiffin, retweeted by Lane Kiffin. Is grandpa
0: staying with us? Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi.
3: Welcome back Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalktv.com. Tell me about Lane Kiffin's Twitter feed. I mean, it, it, hey, that it's just all over the place. So it's um, retweets I mean, pro football focus, positive about Quinshawn Judkins, uh, retweets Ole Miss football leading the SEC in, explos- in explosive plays, he No Rat Poisons, a graphic showing that Ole Miss is number 11 in the country. Then he drops you the inspirational quote of the day. Then he makes fun of uh, Jonathan Hess on Twitter. And then he tags the three football programs, well, three of the four football programs in the SEC that have a dog mascot with a Juice for Heisman t-shirt. He just forgot about Texas A&M, or he's just like tired of messing with them. He's got at Vol Football, at Georgia Football, at Hale State Football, no comment. Just a picture of a juice for Heisman t-shirt.
2: I, I mean, it, it's funny you think this is kind of an out there and you know random Twitter feed. Let me direct you to at Coach underscore leech. That's <laughs> fair. You about uh, you want to talk about you know out there. Yeah. <clears throat> Although it's not terribly active anymore, is it? Nah, it's not as active. You will just be sitting at home, especially with me being a little bit of a night owl, I'll just be sitting up about eleven thirty, eleven forty five and you'll see Coach Leach just tweeted something like, Oh and some random meme. Like, okay. Hmm. Something caught his eye. Let's jump into some
3: games. Let's jump into the games. David Cobb will join us in the next segment from CBS Sports. We'll talk with him about some of what's happening this weekend in and around the SEC. Lee Sterling will join us at 420. I really look forward to hearing what Lee Sterling has to say about some of these lines. Georgia is a football team that hasn't been perfect for the entire year. There hasn't, in fairness, been a perfect team in all of college football this year. No, perfect in terms of wins and losses. Let me see if I can let me see if I can lob a a big question at you guys first, not specific to Georgia Mississippi State, but specific to Georgia. Has Georgia solidified its spot as the best program in the Southeastern Conference and therefore the best program in
2: the country? Right now today, yes. I got to say I- I gotta see how the season finishes. That's what I would say. Well, if Alabama finishes the regular season ten and two, and then they win their bowl game, they're eleven and two, right? And then next year they're back in the national championship picture. I don't. I don't know. It's close. It's much closer today than it was a year ago, two years ago, three years ago to anybody. Who's got the better roster? Georgia. Better facilities. Push. I mean, does that matter anymore? I mean, it it, it matters to a degree. We talk about the, the, the what? Who has the better program facilities? You got to take
3: th- Yeah, care. I'm not. I'm not saying they're end all be all, but I mean, I, just just factor in. I mean, I'm just just going through a 58 point checklist here, Borky. Just 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 want to make sure
4: oh, you know. Well, then it's a wash.
3: Uh, yeah, I, I would say push on facilities. I'm, I'm fine right. with that.
2: Um. Better recruiting base. As many waterfalls does Georgia have? Georgia. Again, difficult. Well, Alabama recruits nationally. There's nowhere Alabama can't go and get players. I would say that if you want to get play the five-hour game, Georgia has a much better one. But Alabama, there's no place Alabama can't go and get players. That's true. Better head coach today.
3: Alabama. All time, I completely agree. I just... I'm sure about today. Today, still.
2: Alabama. Better, I still say better
3: assistant coaches.
2: That might be Georgia. I mean, I like Monken better than O'Brien. I don't know who Georgia's defensive coordinator is right this second, but I don't like Golding. So, no. I don't know what the other criteria I, I just, just kind of, kind of thinking. I mean, it's, it, it's really a 1A, 1B. They're both really, really good. I would give Alabama the edge. Right now, but if they continue to slip, you know, Georgia will jump in the top there.
3: You know, I don't definitively know the answer to this question, but I think anecdotally we know the answer to this question. Better NIL program?
2: Feels like Georgia.
3: Feels like Georgia.
2: Yeah, it feels like Georgia.
3: <laughs> Better under the table <laughs> inducement program? I don't know the answer. Well,
4: Alabama's had that. that machine cooking for years, pun intended. Yeah. It's been uh it's
3: been real good for a long time.
4: All right, so more specifically to this weekend.
3: If we agree that perhaps Georgia has not been perfect, they've been really really good, but they haven't been perfect. What weaknesses do you identify, Hayden? Ooh. Relative relative weaknesses. <sighs>
2: Their best offensive skill player is a tight end. They have good skill players, but they don't have the only superstar is a tight end. Brock Flowers so like, from Wine yeah. Country. If you could find a way to to, to neutralize him a little bit, it, the gap isn't so huge between the, the receivers and state's d- DBs that that it's a huge thing. I think Forbes can match up with anybody, and then we'll see about Richardson.
3: Borky, do you see a weakness? No, I'm not really. Okay, okay. So so what is
4: a relative weakness for Georgia? There isn't one on the team that I watched Saturday. Uh you you can talk about consistency. That that might be one, but in terms of Hey, you know Stetson Bennett's been really, really good, but you know he's not the, the, a, a super high-level ability quarterback. He's been very good for what Georgia has asked him to do, and he's doing it really well. Deep ball throwing, especially for him, is is pretty darn good, honestly. Just uh, measure it up with anybody, but he's not the most talented guy that that State will see this season. Um, I, I think the only thing that Georgia shows you that is a true weakness is maybe consistency, because if Georgia lined up against Missouri this weekend instead of State. What do you think the final score would be? okay, say that again. if Georgia played Missouri this weekend instead of Mississippi State. You think they would beat them into the ground, right? Right. It didn't go down that way when they played, but Georgia is right. a significantly better team than than Missouri. So, I think if anything it's they have shown a propensity to not execute at a high level every week. Mentioning the Kent State game earlier. Easier to get up for a road game in the SEC than Kent State at 11 a.m. Well, noon at home. But in terms of true weakness, that's all I got. They're really good everywhere.
3: And you can't... Like, there's not really anything that you can mark against Stetson Bennett anymore, right? It's hard to. Size, I guess. I mean, Splitting hairs. He's not huge, but he's faster than people want to give him credit for. He moves better in the pocket than people want to give it credit for. He can make all the throws. Now, nobody's going to look at Stetson Bennett and go, wow, that guy has got a howitzer for an arm. But if you go back and you watch some of the -the thread-the-needle throws that he makes, whether it's to Brock Bowers or to somebody else, Hey, good arm. Smart. Kind of gotten to the point where he's seen just about everything you can throw at him. Running game for Georgia? Are we as impressed with this year's version of Georgia on the ground as maybe some years where they've had that just absolute horse in the backfield? Uh, that can be one. Mm. Edwards, their re- leading yeah. rusher, has 486 yards on the ground. Now, as a team, they've got 1,746 yards rushing. But they got three guys that kind of carry it.
2: This Ed is DeLau- what I'm talking about, though. It's like yeah. there's no star, they just have good players. You know, there's no Todd Gurley or, or Garrison Hurst back there. But McIntosh is a good player. Yeah, Lad McConkey
3: leads the team with 38 catches. He's only got three touchdowns. That's another thing. They've got 15 touchdown receptions on the year, and it's spread out among six, nine, ten players. The most touchdown
4: receptions anybody's got is three. McConkey's got two, and Bowers has got two. They've got three tight ends that would start for every team in the SEC.
2: <laughs> Not Mississippi State. Oh, true. <laughs> true or false?
3: Brock Bowers <laughs> enters the transfer portal and says, "Coach Leach, I'm a tight end. I'd like to play for you." Mike Leach says, "Sorry, we don't have tight ends here." True or false?
2: Boy, I hope it's
3: false. <laughs> you hope. You I'd have something would have to say otherwise. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back.
0: Back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Are you ready? On the Super Talk app. Supertalk.fm. And always on your local Super Talk Mississippi station.
3: Watching on Super Talk TV. You see him if you're listening on the radio. Let me tell you about him. David Cobb joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. David writes at CBS Sports. Always good to catch up with him as we roll into a college football weekend. And oh, by the way, some hoops going on. What's up, dude?
1: Hey, not much. It's that dual sports zone. So uh, I know you guys are in the same boat, but it's a busy time of year. Now you add in like holiday shopping and all the uh, family obligations of the next couple months it's It's one of those times of year where you gotta let something go like it's either like less time in the gym or uh whatever your hobby is like whatever my hobby is i, I i'm not I'm not interacting with it right now. less
3: time in the yeah, that's what hey Dad and I were thinking too we We both opted for less time in the gym this time of year. <laughs> Just cause we got a lot going on and I, that, that's going to be my excuse. Not sure what my excuse is going to be when things slow down, but I'll have another one at that point. Let's, yeah. uh, let's dive in and I want to start in Fayetteville. I want you to tell me why Arkansas is only a three point underdog to LSU this Saturday. Tell me
1: why. Yeah, it's the. <sighs> It feels to me like the the betting markets haven't really figured out that LSU is good. I think for whatever reason, there's some built-in bias against LSU with the point spreads we're seeing that harkens back to their loss against Tennessee and maybe even their loss against Florida State. But if you watch LSU, you can see them getting better every single week. Under Brian Kelly, and it hasn't necessarily been like a straight ascension with no blips in the radar. Like obviously, that that Tennessee loss was a fairly significant blip in the radar. But on the whole, if you compare this team today uh, at LSU to the one that that played in Week One against Florida State, they're night and day different. So yes. I, I don't totally understand it. I don't really feel great about Arkansas's defense. It's just, I guess maybe there's just some intangible factor there with the Razorbacks in terms of, of the culture, the surprises they, they tend to come up with that uh, has, has maybe driven that line down a little bit. But if LSU is close to the best version uh, of it that we've seen in the last month or so, then they, they win and, and they cover that spread without a whole lot of trouble.
3: Yeah, I did ask a handicapper earlier in the week, you know, what What gives? And he said, yeah, a little thin. He said, you know, a week ago, Arkansas might have actually been favored in that ball game. And power rankings, which I think handicappers in Vegas use a lot to build their numbers, uh, said the power rankings still think pretty highly of Arkansas. I, I don't understand why or understand how, especially if... K.J. Jefferson is not healthy, and he's clearly not healthy right now.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, I think this season hasn't gone according to plan for Arkansas in in a lot of ways. Obviously, K.J. Jefferson being banged up has been part of it. They've been dealing with the injury bug almost since the beginning of the season. Uh, yeah. Even in the first couple of weeks on the defensive side of the football, they were without some key players there. And that's been an issue uh, for, for Arkansas all along. And it's one of those situations where we kind of uh, – just assumed there, there was going to be a big year three jump under Sam Pittman because things went well last year, uh, and that that hasn't been the case. And I think that the defense is in many ways responsible for that uh, because this this unit has not been great. But yeah, uh, quarterback situation hasn't hasn't materialized there either. It doesn't seem like the the depth is is just where it needs to be for Arkansas to be that SEC West dark horse that we kind of so uh, assumed or hoped they would be. So, uh, look, I don't know. I mean, LSU, honestly, I didn't think they had the depth to, to be this good this late in the season either. I don't know if, if you attribute that to injury luck or, or what have you. I think a lot of it honestly comes down to the fact that Jaden Daniels is just playing a, incredible football uh, for the Tigers, and he has been – just so much better than I ever thought he would be when they went and got him out of the portal. Cause at the time they had miles Brennan who had been productive in 2020, man. Mm-hmm. They had uh, Walker Howard, five-star freshman, Garrett Nussmeyer, who got a ton of buzz in the spring and in preseason camp. And you're like, why are, why are they bringing in Jaden Daniels? This makes no sense. But he's been the version of himself that he was as a true freshman at Arizona state back in 2019. And, and he's the reason why the sec West has, has played out the, the way that it has.
3: Busy with David Cobb from CBS Sports on the Farm Bureau guest line. Ole Miss and Alabama, 2.30 on CBS. Big game, obviously, in Oxford. What chance do you give Ole Miss in this game, David?
1: Uh, more chance than Vegas does. I mean, last I checked, it was still a double-digit spread. That's at 12. And the, yeah. So the thing that um the, the the betting markets, the predictive analytics, and all that kind of stuff – the thing that they can't account for is, is motivation. And I, and I want to know what Alabama's motivation is at this point. I was doing a preview article on this game for CBS Sports, and let's see if I can nail this stat correctly. But it's it's fairly profound, and it's I think it's this. I don't think Alabama has had two losses while playing in a regular season game at any point in over a decade.
3: So yeah, 2010 they, they was the last time, I think.
1: Yeah, and they finished with three losses that year, but they didn't play a single regular season game that year with uh, two losses, if if, if I'm not mistaken. So anyway, this is just such unfamiliar territory for Alabama to have to play out the string on a regular season when everything that they usually compete for is already off the table. And so I have questions about some of their key players and their their buy-in here, and not, not saying I've heard that, that these guys are out or looking to the NFL or whatever, but look at Will Anderson. We have him at number one on our CBS Sports NFL draft prospect rankings. He's had a, a, a ho-ho, ho-hum year after kind of like being a dark horse Heisman contender on the defensive side of the football in preseason, and it hasn't quite materialized. But his draft stock is still through the roof. So, yeah. like, is that guy going to be totally bought into here down the stretch? If he is, it's a testament to him. It's a testament to Saban's leadership. It's a testament to Bryce Young's leadership. But that's my biggest question with this Alabama-Ole Miss game. Ole Miss has a lot to play for. Uh, It's going to be a a crazy atmosphere at at Vaught-Hemingway. Alabama, I'm not as convinced that they're going to be up for this game, that they're going to be motivated to come out and and really play with the physicality that you're going to have to against this Ole Miss rushing attack.
3: I fully endorse the idea of Will Anderson probably needing to sit this game out. I mean, he's got such a bright future. There's so much money that's coming his way in just a few short months. It feels like he should probably shut it down today.
1: Just just uh, throwing uh, that out there. I'm sure Ole Miss would be totally fine with that. Yeah, he was a defensive player of the week in the SEC last year from this game. And honestly, like I was looking back at last year's game, and that was such a disappointing result for, for Ole Miss and and whatnot in the I think it was a 42-21 final score. But really, if you go back in the first half, Lane Kiffin rolled the dice, went for it on fourth down a couple times when uh you know he was playing to win. And, and that's why the, the score ended up being so lopsided, is because mm-hmm. he he took some chances that he wouldn't have taken if just keeping it respectable was the goal against Alabama. He was playing to win. And I think well, there's no doubt he'll be playing to win this time. And now he's got uh, the home field advantage on his side, and he's got an Alabama team that's that's on the struggle bus. So I think this sets up pretty favorably for Ole Miss to at least cover, and, and and certainly has a chance to to win straight up.
3: Dogs and dogs in Starkville. Number one, Georgia coming off that win against Tennessee. Mississippi State six and three. They got the win against Auburn. Weird game last week, but they did get the win. Uh, and, and able to get out of there with their sixth and bowl eligibility. Anything stand out here for you?
1: Yeah, I just don't think that it's going to be a, a pretty situation for for Mississippi State. Like, this was one that back in August, a lot of people were circling as a potential slip-up spot for Georgia. But after what Georgia did to Tennessee's offense last week, I think the air raid can be defended in a very similar type of way. So they dropped uh, a lot of guys super deep. They didn't let Tennessee beat them over the top, and then their their pass rush kind of got home for the first time in in a long time. I mean, Georgia entered that Tennessee game 120th in the country in sacks. Um, That's that's how you defend the air raid, too. Yeah, I know. And and they sacked Tennessee. I think it was six times. So. Anyway, uh, Mississippi State's offensive line isn't the greatest. I think Georgia might be able to, to get to Will Rogers, even rushing three or four guys in some cases in this game. And then you just keep everything in front of you. Like, Georgia didn't let Jalen Hyatt uh, beat them deep at any point in that game uh, last week. And so I think they'll... I don't think Mississippi State's nearly as explosive uh, either. So Mississippi State's going to dink and dunk. They'll probably finish this game with 21st downs uh, because there will be some things allowed to them with the way Georgia plays defensively. But the Georgia offense is 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 playing really well right now, and, and the defense proved, I think, to the country last week that, hey, we're not last year's group in terms of the, just the elite play, but we're still really doggone good because they, they stopped Tennessee in a way that, that nobody else really uh, has even come close to doing this year.
3: Hey, only about 30 seconds left. W- could could we possibly be in for an unexpected treat on Saturday night with Texas A&M and Auburn? Could that one be more fun? I mean, it's going to be sold out. Auburn's going to be super fired up. A couple of three-win teams. might give us some theater.
1: No? If you're a sicko, if you're a sicko, <laughs> you'll like that game.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: That'll I'll watch sicko. it. It could be entertaining. It, 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 it has nothing of value, and it won't be pretty, but it will be entertaining.
3: David, thank you as always. Sicko.
1: <laughs> no problem. Thanks, guys.
3: David Cobb from CBS Sports, cbssports.com, says you're only watching A&M and Auburn if you're a sicko.
4: Borky, will that be on screen two or screen three for you? Uh, may not make
2: a screen at all. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Borky's not a sicko. Not like that. I'd watch it if I was home.
4: I do watch Furman basically every Saturday, though, so I I get sicko status.
2: Mm, That's fair. More coming up.
3: Thanks to David Cobb for joining us. We are in the Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort, home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Take
0: the friggin' wax out of your Did you hear me? This is Sports Talk. This is sports Talk, Mississippi. Woo! They say sports fans. Now here's more on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Part of a conversation I heard in another arena today. Thinking about schematically what Georgia may try to do defensively against Mississippi State on Saturday night, and a flip at whatever they want is not an acceptable answer here. So David Cobb alluded to what they did with Tennessee. Now Tennessee is not an air raid offense; they air it out, but it's. Shot plays, big throws down the field. There's some air raid concepts in what Tennessee does. But it's a lot more big plays down the field. And yet Georgia, from a scheme standpoint, tried to funnel everything in. Tried to keep everything in front. It's the first time that Jalen Hyatt hasn't been able to beat teams deep all season long. And then kind of another comparison, hey, Ed, is if we go back to the Alabama game against Mississippi State, they they did some drop-eight stuff. They had some success with three-down linemen, and then they would bring a fourth. But they kind of disguised where that fourth was coming from. It wasn't necessarily like, okay, linebacker walks up to the end, and now it's a straight-up four-man front, and boom. It was like, disguise, extra guy comes from the outside. They bring an extra guy on the inside. And had some success pressuring. What do you anticipate
2: seeing from Georgia? Something similar to what they did to Tennessee, because the the biggest issue with with that was Georgia basically told Tennessee, "We got better guys than you. We can go man on man and win." And and if they can do that to Tennessee, they can certainly do that to Mississippi State. And and one of the things that Rogers has really struggled with this year is, it was sort of what you just described, right? When, when teams are disguising their pressure, and I get, LSU did it really, really well mm-hmm. in that game, and that's one of the big reasons State struggled. When they are bringing pressure and, and they're not showing it pre-snap or anything like that, Rodgers has huge problems with that. So I expect Smart and, as I discovered, their defensive coordinator is Will Muschamp. Yeah. So, again, advantage Georgia. I expect them to have some some, some schemes and some, uh, some ideas to really throw Rodgers off his game.
3: How are we feeling about the weather on Saturday? Rain showers early in the day, but then sunshine in the afternoon. High of 52. Winds out of the north-northwest at 10 to 15 miles an hour. Overnight low on Saturday night of
2: 29. I'm glad I'm sitting indoors. The window will be open, but I'll be more or less protected from the elements. Yeah, this this it's is gonna be
4: cold. This is going to be unfair because I know the the marketing people work I- incredibly hard at what they do. I know where they, you're going. They, they work really hard, and it's it's difficult to come up with new I- ideas and, and all that stuff. And it's a hard job. And I'm not knocking the people that are doing the job. It's difficult. The weather is not doing the stripe out any favors. No, no. Nah. You're you're not going to get people wearing white either. when it's in the 30s. It's just it's not going to go down. Whiteouts. White
2: any Anything you want when you want people to wear white, that has to be in your first few games of the season when it's yeah. still hot. People have white polos and white t-shirts. Very few people have white jackets. And especially last week when the rain, who has a white rain jacket? I mean, I, I don't know anybody. So, no. yeah, the stripe out this week, I just it's, it's, it's just not going to happen. Those kind of things have to happen early in the season.
3: I mean, your only hope is that half the stadium has white Mississippi State hoodies that they choose to yeah. wear and then layer underneath them. And my guess is there aren't that many of those in that many closets.
2: All right. So I also want to point out, once again, I do it every year, if you're going to have a whiteout, the team should wear white. I just want to say that. I generally agree with that. They only did it, did it once. They did Mullen's first year when they played LSU and made them wear purple, and then never again. Has State done the stripe out before? They have, and it's it's to say it's hit or miss would be pretty, pretty generous. Yeah.
3: There's some places right. that really get behind that. Oh, yeah, we'll mm-hmm. wear whatever you tell us to wear, and they'll cooperate, and it looks really good. I mean, the checkerboard thing in Neeland is kind of cool. I think a sea yeah. of orange is kind of cool, also. I was pleasantly surprised with
4: how the stripe out went in Oxford when they did that earlier this year. Yeah, the blue needs to be powder, though. Those of you in the marketing department, I again, I know your job is hard and you guys got to come up with a bunch of ideas, and sometimes you miss. It happens. If you're going to do that again, powder's the color, not navy. It pops better on television and in
2: person, and it's a better looking color as well. But. I, I agree with what they're saying on the text line here. I think that was uh, Dale in the Delta. You can't, you don't need to plan these things in the summer. You need to plan them a couple. You give people a couple weeks notice, they'll figure it out. But you don't have to do this in June because you don't know what the weather's going to be on November twelfth.
3: I'm going to humbly disagree, if I may, with Dale in the Delta. But I am doing it solely as the husband of a proprietor of a women's clothing store. The whole here's the schedule for what we're asking people to wear for the entire season coming out in the summer is helpful to businesses.
4: But that's all I got for you Dale. Well, but, I, I, but then the do the stripes not in November. yeah, because it gets cold in November, even here. sports talk Mississippi if your stripe is white, hour. especially, four
3: o'clock hour coming Shout up out next. to the white stripes.
0: Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way: right here on Super Talk Mississippi.
3: Hour Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Richard Cross, Michael Borkey, Brian Haydad. You can be a part of the conversation by joining us on the c Spire text line. That number is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Some of you with thoughts on the stripe out Mississippi State fans would. Uh, Probably listen to them better if it was a shirts and skins out. Lower level shirts, upper deck skins.
4: Hmm. Bonk. Yeah.
3: I can't. Uh, and you read it. I mean, come on. I was trying to decide if this person was an old miss person or a state person or neither. It's an old miss person. He previously says, I hope it doesn't rain during the egg bowl. Devon Devin and Starkville. He also well, thinks I don't that know Mississippi State should consider Rhett Hobart for athletics director. Oh, this person isn't going to randomly know Rhett Hobart's name to say that he should be the AD? It's a state guy.
2: He's a mole. It's it's a deep state sleeper guy.
3: agent. Uh, he has shirts and skins it. in September, I guess. No.
2: Uh, Read the next one, too. Read the next one down. It wasn't very good. I'll read it then. Stripe out, State always trying to keep up with Big Brother because Ole Miss invented stripeouts. They were the first school ever in the history of college football to suggest one section wear one color and one section wear the other. It had literally never happened before. Imbecile.
3: Porky. Little brother doth dust, dust, dust protest much. I swear to God, Cross! One day I'm just gonna grab all of you. Uh,
4: Georgia <laughs> uh. players
3: have not seen cowbells at night.
4: They they won the national
3: championship last year. Uh, they'll be fine. Yes. Bubba in Meridian, the stripe-out will not work at MSU this weekend due to the large number of Georgia fans purchasing all available tickets.
2: There are going to be a lot of Georgia fans in the stadium, for sure. John Cohen's
3: marketing prowess at work. One of his
4: 58 ideas. Uh, hey, Dad,
3: you're reminded that Ole Miss also invented tailgating.
2: Invented it. No one had ever tailgated in a centralized location before Ole Miss did it. Well, I mean, yeah, the Grove yeah. is
3: fairly unique, friend.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a giant field with some trees in it. It's awesome.
3: Yeah, tell me about the Junction.
2: <laughs> it's a
3: giant field with some trees in it. With a, without it's a giant field <laughs> they, without trees in it. <laughs> it's got some trees, a few trees. Yeah. We mentioned this yesterday in our conversation at the end of the show with uh, with Luke Johnson, but we didn't talk about it. And I, I, I don't know how much conversation this merits, but, but uh, I'm curious what you guys think about this. So Will Hall talking about the transfer portal and the quarterback position in particular. Kind of a long quote. We've not played well at quarterback all year. We're one of the few teams in this league that doesn't have an established quarterback We're working to improve that area. It's obviously a position that we have to work around to win, but we have to continue to coach these kids and find ways to win doing the things that they can do well. He goes on to say, we signed two really good young quarterbacks since we've been here. We have gone after some high end quarterbacks that we didn't get. The trans, excuse me, the transfer portal is not a magic wand. You don't just go into the portal and get a quarterback. Most of the quarterbacks in the portal are not very good. That's why they're in the portal. They weren't very good where they were at. Hmm.
4: So, Hinden Hooker is a fringe, but a Heisman Trophy candidate. He transferred to Tennessee. Stetson Bennett's transferred. At Georgia, I mean the the Eagles starting quarterback transferred to Oklahoma from Alabama. The Bears starting quarterback transferred from Georgia to Ohio State. Uh, I, I what I would
3: the, hope the, is the, that the, the the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback transferred from Texas Tech to wait to. No, Baker was the transfer I'm from sorry. Texas yeah, Tech yeah, yeah. to Baker Oklahoma. Baker Mayfield
4: left Texas Tech and went to Oklahoma. I mean, what what you hope is that these are just comments and not reluctance. Because if there's reluctance, that would concern me. Because the idea that a quarterback is in the portal because he wasn't good at his previous stop does not hold up under scrutiny anymore. Guys just aren't waiting anymore. You want to tell me that Jackson Dart's not good? You think he's not good, and that's why he was in the portal, because he's bad? That's not, no. Not not, not the case at all. Is is Hendon Hooker bad? It's not an exact science. He's not wrong about that. I've I've had people say to me, well, you know, Ole Miss just needs to go get a defensive tackle in the portal. Yeah, they probably do for next year. It's not that easy, though. Because there's not instant impact defensive tackles just swimming around in the portal just begging somebody to pick them up it's not but but if there's reluctance there to look that's a mistake because there are going to be quarterbacks in the portal that are better than all of yours right now there's one in oxford that might hit the portal that is better than all of yours and if you've got reluctance to try to go get a guy like that that's a problem
3: Somebody says I think that Will Hall means it's hard for Southern Miss to get a good quarterback in the transfer portal.
4: You have got okay. to try. You've got to. Eleven. I, th- I think it's eleven starting Sun Belt quarterbacks are transfers. I think it's eleven. Half of college football starting quarterback is a transfer. Yeah.
3: Get another message. Coach Hall may want to take a play out of Fedora's book and use nothing else from it and try to get the big-time baseball commit Hubbard to come play quarterback as well. Hasn't he kind of already settled on being a safety at
2: Alabama? Yeah, Bray Hubbard is committed to Alabama. He ain't coming to Southern Miss.
3: My guess is if he desperately wanted to play quarterback at the next level, there would be a school out there at the at the high power five level that would say, Yeah, we'll give you a shot at quarterback. Even if they really believed that ultimately he was going to be a defensive player. Uh, let's see here. The great college athletes into the portal know where they're going. Okay, so yeah, this was a series. They entered the portal knowing that's where they were going. You don't have great quarterbacks just sitting in the portal
4: wondering where they could end up. That's not true. That that happens sometimes, but that's not exclusive. Cam Ward took, what, five visits? He didn't know where he was going. Honestly, he thought he was going to get better than Washington State. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not exclusively true. Some guys do that. Absolutely. Some guys do that. Uh, Jackson uh, Dart, to use a local example, he didn't hit the portal knowing he was going to Ole Miss. No, he was recruited hard by, by multiple places. places.
2: Three different schools, at least. K.J. Uh, Costello took visits to Mississippi State and to Washington, and I think he had another one scheduled when he decided to commit to State.
3: Western Kentucky, their quarterback has thrown for a million yards. He was at D2 West Florida last year. Southern Miss can get a quarterback. It's another message on the C
2: Spire text line. Yep. Yeah.
3: yeah. And again, I mean, maybe like he was just Sylvester saying. Croom
2: saying there's, yeah, it's not like Sylvester Croom saying you can get a wide receiver on any street corner in Miami, but there are quarterbacks in the portal. Quality, good college quarterbacks. Yeah.
4: It just can't be reluctance. Sometimes coaches just say things and they don't really mean it. They're just talking. But if if that is reluctance to, to look and to try, that that's a mistake.
3: It has to be that he didn't mean it exactly the way that it came out, right? Yeah, it has
4: to be. Logic. I mean, Occam's Razor. Easiest explanation is probably the right one.
3: We get another message that says, for every hooker, dart, and Bennett, how many complete busts and drama queens are there? I think that's what Will Hall
4: means.
2: It's worth taking the risk to get a a hooker, a dart, a Bennett.
4: Half of college football (laughs) starts a transfer. Starts one.
2: Stop. Just stop over there. That's my job.
4: Yes.
3: That's you my job. It. You don't, don't you take. said it, not me. That's gimmick
2: infringement. You
3: said it, not me. Lee Sterling will join us. Usually next a lot of risk in that. A lot of risk.
4: Line.
0: Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, Supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station.
4: Sometimes Borky
3: plays music and it just takes me straight back to my childhood. Come on, Daniel son! Still haven't seen it. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and Super Talk TV. Thanks for being with us. As always, time to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Lee Sterling, can, can you believe that Michael Borky has never seen the Karate Kid?
5: What? True story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let me guess, he hasn't seen Fast Times at Richmond High, too. I have seen that. Okay. Okay. The Karate Kid, I mean, I could understand if you're not watching the series, you know, on, on TV, but... Cobra Kai, karate, yeah, that's I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a top ten, you know, historic film. Yeah. Put him in a
3: body bag! Sorry. <laughs> uh, all right, Lee, I'm going straight to the game that I don't understand. I've asked the question a hundred times this week. You probably know which one I'm going to ask you about. How is LSU only a three, now three and a half point favorite against Arkansas in Fayetteville on Saturday?
5: I see it the way you do. I, I don't get it. Now, I watch this Arkansas defense, and Sam Pittman, who does a great job with what he has, his linebackers and defensive backs are just not good enough. So they have pulled some upsets early in the year, uh, each of his three years, but. Uh, you know, after game four, I mean, they are who who we think that they are. And this LSU team is hot. Their quarterback's hot. I don't go against hot quarterback. That's one of my Ten Commandments. I like LSU,
3: 35-24. 35-24, that's 11. That certainly covers the 3-3.5 three, three as that number has finally moved just a little bit this week. Uh, Tennessee, coming off a loss, they were physically... Yeah dominated by georgia last week's first time all season long that we've seen that and now they got missouri coming into town missouri with a head coach that just got a contract extension going to make over six million dollars a year good for eli drinkwitz despite yep. being under 500 in his overall record in uh in columbia missouri does have a good defense and they've played well defensively And they've been close tennessee lay in 21 kind of a big number
5: Well, you talk about improvement. Last year's defense, when they played Tennessee, they gave up 458 rushing yards, Mm -hmm. 7.8 yards per clip. And Tennessee called off the dogs like the middle of the third quarter. They could have put up 600 if they wanted. So this is a defense that was ranked 120th out of 130 teams last year. This year, they're ranked 16th. Nobody in conference play has scored more than 26 points against them, and that was Georgia. And um they've been in every SEC game from start to finish. So I, I think that they're going to follow the blueprint that Georgia laid out last week, and they're going to bring the heat. They've got revenge for that 62-24 loss. Their offense is nothing special. I do think uh they need to push the ball down the field a little bit more, Um but uh, they're not going to try to go too fast because the more possessions, usually the better team wins. I think 21 is too much here. I think Tennessee wins, 37-24, but the Tigers cover.
3: So so a two-score win for Tennessee. Yep. The only question that I have for you about that is you, you say they want to replicate, use the blueprint that Georgia laid out. And that all sounds well and good. And Missouri is good defensively, but they don't have the same players that Georgia's got.
5: No. Can't no, they replicate no. that? No, but... The blueprint is there, so I think teams are going to follow it. Um, and obviously also, I think the rain played a little bit of a factor in that game also, and the game's now at home. So that's why I think it's going to be you know, a two-score win for Tennessee. and might be a little bit of a hangover. You get up for, for that kind of game, I don't care who you're playing the next week, you're not going to be able to come with your A game.
3: Speaking of a hangover, Georgia heads to Starkville to take on Mississippi State. This line has moved a little bit. It's currently at 16. The total in the game, 53-and-a-half. Georgia has seemingly rounded into form. They they had the, the clunker against Missouri where they managed to get the win. They didn't play great against Kent State earlier in the year. But for the last month or six weeks, they seem to be clicking on all cylinders. Talk to me about the dogs and the dogs in Starkville.
5: They they're playing. <laughs> they they should have won that game by a wider margin. I mean, they dominated that game. But remember, here, um, I I don't think this team is as good as last year's version. I don't think it's even close here. And remember the first. Do you remember the game when they played two years ago? Mm-hmm. Mike Leach's first year. These two teams squared off. I do. Yep, thirty to twenty four. That's all it was. And even though Mississippi State's a passing team. Totally different. You know, we're going to see uh, Will Rogers get rid of the ball a lot quicker than Hendon Hooker. You, we know they use that, that passing game like most teams use their running game. And because different total style of play here, I think Mike Mike Leach much better as an underdog coach. We've seen that time and time again. I got Georgia winning 31-21. I'm taking uh, the points here. Really? Yep.
3: All right, let me ask you one thing about the passing game for Mississippi State. You, you said yep. he's going to get rid of it quickly, which means a lot yep. of short, underneath throws. Are, are you convinced that Mississippi State can go with long, sustained drives and not turn it over or make a mistake against that um,
5: defense? They'll probably have two turnovers, but you know, if they have three or four, they're done. <laughs> but uh, yeah. if they have one or less, I think we might have a ball game. So uh, right. you want to frustrate. Georgia, you, you got to change it up. You know, you got to, you got to, you can't just keep throwing underneath. You got to do some different, some scissors routes. You've got to, you know, do some, some pump and goes. You got to, uh, you know, use some routes that, that, that you don't normally show up uh, in, in on the film. You got to do some crossing routes, which they don't do as much of down the field. But, you know, uh Mike Leach loves to play as a dog here.
3: All right. CBS, Alabama and Ole Miss at Vaught-Hemingway and Oxford, Crimson Tide, obviously playing with two losses. There have been a million stories written this week about how long it's been since Alabama has been completely out of contention at this point of the season for the postseason in terms of playing for a national championship. Bama is a 12-point favorite.
5: Yeah, and a lot of people like Ole Miss in this game. But remember, if Ole Miss falls behind by double digits – Lane Kiffin's going for it almost every fourth down. He's playing to win the game, not cover, and I think that's important when you look at these two teams matching up. What have the Crimson Tide done here against this Ole Miss defense the last six years? Well they scored forty eight, sixty six, sixty two, fifty nine, sixty three, and forty two points. So I think Jackson Dart's gonna have to play a great game. I think he's gonna have to run more than normal and Alabama. We said it, you know, from from early in the season. This is not the same team. But their two losses were by a total of four points to what I feel is top five opponents, both on the road. Um, Ole Miss. One opponent they played. That's a top team. LSU. They lost by twenty five points. I think Alabama plays their best game of the season. They win and cover forty two twenty.
3: So that was not particularly close in your mind. do you have any concerns about motivation issues for Alabama, given that they oh are
5: not absolutely playing. I mean we saw you know you go back to when when Alabama's out of it or they're in a bowl game? I think they played Utah once was it Utah once in a bowl didn't even show up um you know anything can happen but if I was a player, I'd be motivated with, with Nick Saban as my coach uh, to play hard every week. You know, sometimes you know they just run into a team that that plays at a at a high level, and I think that's what they they faced when they played Tennessee and also uh, in the game last week against LSU.
3: All right, Lee, tell us what's happening at Paramount Sports.
5: Okay, so had another winning week. We did lose our our best bet, fifty uh, unit play. Somehow, Air Force, which outgained Army by an almost 3-1 to one margin, just couldn't put it in the end zone only once, and and we lose by a half point. But we did not lose another game all weekend, so we've won now 11 out of 13 weeks. If you're not prepared to sign up for the month of the season, check out these two specials. We're having it, uh, I don't think we've ever done this both in the same weekend. You can get our college games, seven selections, $77, or five in the NFL for $55.00. Both are an instant download, so you don't have to call me back on Saturday or Sunday morning to get the game. So uh, we have not had a losing NFL Sunday, and we're going into Week Ten. So if you want to hop on board, uh, just one place to get those two specials: ParamountSports.com.
3: ParamountSports.com. Lee Sir. Let me let Kansas. me ask you a
5: question, Rich. Before we leave, okay. Um, d- any coaches potentially going to be fired in the game that you're they're sending you to this week?
3: <laughs> uh, no, I think that was last week. That's, uh, yeah, I, I think Dana Holgerson uh, is fine at Houston, and I think Stan okay. Drayton in his first year is going to be just fine as well.
5: Okay, okay. I just you know I didn't know, I don't know if there's any coaches coaches alert. You know, no. um, there's any any coaches that are you know like West Virginia, a few other coaches that uh, uh, could be let go in the next couple weeks. They certainly don't want you calling their games.
3: No, probably not. Probably not. I didn't see that coming with Jeff Scott, but maybe I should have.
5: No, I didn't either. Thanks, Lee. If it was going to happen, I thought it was going to be at the end of the season. But I guess when you lose to Temple uh, by that much, you know, everything's off the table.
3: I I suppose that is the case. Thanks, Lee. Yep. Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. ParamountSports.com, 7 for 77 or 5 for 55 college and the
0: NFL this weekend. We'll be back to the sports This is Sports Talk Mississippi Sounds good On Super Talk Mississippi <laughs>
3: That the LSU Arkansas line's kind of wonky. He thought Missouri covered against Tennessee, so he took the points from the road dog. He took Alabama, the road favorite, laying them comfortably. And he took Mississippi State plus the points in Starkville at home in a 31 21 game.
2: I don't know if I'll be following that one. I don't know if that's advice I'm going to take. If if you're not watching
3: on Super Talk TV, I hate that you couldn't see the visual reaction to Brian Haydad before he goes, nah, I don't know if I'm going to be following that one. <laughs> it was
2: like literally if I'd just been like, eee! yeah. Yeah, without the sound. Yeah. the uh, that, That's that's what was surprising to hear. Yeah.
3: Or he, were, you,
4: were you surprised by any of those picks? I'm not surprised uh, so much. Really? On state? Uh, No, I'm not. Uh, For all the same principles that people are talking about LSU and Arkansas, I don't get it, but you can rationalize, okay, that game can be close because this, this, and this reason. Same thing does apply here. I mean, remember, Mississippi State's defense was exceptional against Alabama. It was. The score is not reflective of how well they played defensively. Zach Arnett actually had an interesting quote about, he was asked about Mike Leach's, if you want to scare our players, show them an Alabama uniform. And, and Arnett was like, defense played well. They weren't scared. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm paraphrasing, but that was the tone. It was, don't show my defense Alabama uniforms. You're not going to scare them because they played really well. You're telling me that that defensive front also can't have success against Georgia, specifically shutting down the running game and forcing the ball completely into Stetson Bennett's hands? Now, he's not going to screw it up like you would think two years ago when he was taking JT Daniels' spot. But somebody on the text line asked us, does State have any players that could play at Georgia? Yeah, there's guys on that front six that would play at Georgia. State's got some dudes that and play Forbes. up front on defense in Emmanuel Forbes. And, yeah, yeah I, I Paris think. Wheat and, and those guys. Can play. Yeah, they would play at Georgia. State's objectively good in spots up front in the front six. Undeniably good. They can give
2: Georgia fits. I've always said that the biggest Mississippi State homer on this show was Michael Borky. I've always said it. Hmm. Y'all give him so much crap. He's, he's right there. True maroon. Chase
3: says he's expecting uh, State to get a pick six and a kickoff return touchdown. Question mark.
2: I mean, having Forbes and Tulu Griffin gives you that opportunity. Yeah, G- gives you a chance. Um, like this, this is a big time like cliche game for me. Like, it's about winning each play. Like, State has to find a way to win some plays. And that That's going to be the, the key because, you know, w- winning a drive can be tough. But can you get a broken coverage? Can you get a pick six or a special teams play? Sure. The...
3: <sighs> so I would say Georgia's defense is better than Alabama's defense.
2: Oh, yeah. Georgia's defense is
3: not as good as it was a year ago, but it's still maybe the best in the country. What is it? Second in the country in scoring or something like that? Mississippi State scratched against Alabama on the final play of regulation. Final play of the game. In fact, it happened so late and the score was so lopsided that they didn't even have the opportunity to kick the extra point by rule. Yes. Does being at home make that much of a difference for offensive success?
2: It has this year. Now, granted, you haven't played anybody like Georgia, but State at home, 49 against Memphis, 45 against Bowling Green, 42 against Texas A&M, 40 against Arkansas, and 39 against Auburn. On the road, 16 at LSU, 17 at Kentucky, 6 at Alabama. Chase
3: says that... Georgia has a young and rebuilding defense on paper. Yeah, They, they got on some
4: paper. And they've been banged up a little bit, too. I mean, they lost a couple of starters for the <laughs> year. Yeah.
2: This is what happens when you recruit the top five every year. You got guys. Yeah, Dude, You nice. replace your, your other guys with these guys. They're all guys. They're all dudes. Just guys being dudes. Uh,
3: David in Oxford, who is a state fan, says, Can we not fumble the punt when we do stop them?
2: Well, now you're asking a lot. Oh, uh, here's
3: another one. For goodness' sake, Mizzou gave Georgia
2: fits. Why can't state? Agreed. That was the the theme of today's Thunder and Lightning podcast. Hey, Dad, best cough syrup you recommend? We talked about this on the on the podcast, Buckley's. If you can't find that, uh, is that a is that a bourbon? Uh, no, it's not. It sounds like one. Uh, if it's not that, the coracidin extra strength is very good. Dulsum is good, too. Dulsum's I'm a cough like syrup. Sir- like sir- what, what you are to bourbon, I am to cough syrup. I am a connoisseur of it.
3: Uh, Mike Leach can't go for it inside his own 40 like he did against Alabama.
2: I don't necessarily agree with that. Uh.
3: Genius comparing those defenses to Georgia's.
2: What defenses we compared to Alabama? I just said, I prefaced my remarks with, now that's not Georgia, but I said it. It came out of my mouth. Listen. Uh, I'm in a mood today, Richard. I don't know why. Love that y'all hate Lee's
3: pick. It's now a lock. I don't know if any of us said that we hated it. It just surprised me a bit. But look, professional handicappers are far more likely, far more likely to pull the trigger on underdogs. I think amateur gamblers gravitate to favorites. Home favorites, road favorites, just favorites. Borky, it feels like a... uh A reasonably good... Well, we'll hold that. We'll hold that for the college football fix. I was going to say, your your, your college football fix story feels like it fits here beautifully. It does. Let's just do it then. From Ivan Mizell at On3Sports. Home field matters more this year than maybe ever before. The important numbers, the noise levels make a mockery of stratagem of piping in crowd noise during weekday practice. Every coach does it, and it doesn't come close to mimicking what the visitors encounter on Saturdays when they step on the field. He says the numbers back it up. The home team in FBS games this season is winning at a 66% clip, 420 and 217. It's the highest winning percentage, excuse me, since the NCAA began keeping numbers like these in 1966.
4: All starts are up, and the road team is committing more of them as
2: well. And I remember a couple of years ago with COVID, when we had you know, 10,000 people in the stadium, home field advantage was negligible. Everybody, road teams were winning every week. Now we're back to normal, full crowds. It's a, it's a thing again. And Georgia's worst game was where? At Missouri. In Columbia,
4: Missouri.
3: False starts are up 9% over last year. Teams are committing 2.8 false starts per game, the most of any infraction. That's according to Steve Shaw, who is the coordinator of officials for the NCAA. He added that in the Power 5 conferences, the visiting team is committing 56% of the false starts. Mizell writes that he's surprised that that number is not higher. Starful's gonna be loud on Saturday night. But I mean that 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 part of it we know. Big stadium, or I said big crowd in the stadium at night, cowbells, etc., etc. Should be it Sounds like Richard got into the bourbon cough medicine.
2: Why? I don't I don't I don't I don't hear it. The fans in the fans in Starkville will be into that cough medicine on Sun on Saturday. It's a, it's a great way to keep warm. Isn't that? I mean,
4: when when you have consumed a lot of alcohol, you ignore stuff like being cold. But isn't that yeah. the opposite? In the truth, actually, the opposite. Yeah, that the, alcohol the, the, makes you colder. A,
2: no, yeah, get get it, getting yeah like that is how you get hypothermia because you're like oh it's not cold and then. You next thing you know, your jacket's off in 20 degree weather. No, I mean, like in your anatomy, like when you drink alcohol, your body has a harder yeah. time regulating its warmth. Isn't it because sure. the
3: blood becomes slightly thinner?
2: I don't know. You get a little, a little blood in your alcohol stream? Hmm.
3: But if you drink enough, as Hey Ed was pointing out, you don't feel it. You'll be fine. Bowen Indianola, hey Dad's favorite texter, Richard, it will be Loud George's first three kicks in the first
4: quarter. <laughs> yeah, scientifically true, uh, proven. Alcohol will lower your body's core temperature.
2: Yeah. There you go.
4: Jimmy and Madison
3: said it thins the blood. Chase and Columbus, who I think is a doctor,
2: if I remember correctly, <laughs> agrees. Wish it thinned the stomach, I'd be a much thinner man.
0: <laughs> Hello, we'll be back
3: Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk T V.
2: Borky yeah. Richard's just a huge skid row guy. He just he was gonna let that run. He knew who that was. Are you glad sure. that That's right. Let it, let it go for a bit? I did, man. I love that song.
3: Did you see the um the tip of the cap, Borky, to uh, you on Twitter? Or actually it was to me and I immediately deferred the praise to you for what, zombie yesterday? Uh, I believe so. Is it zombie? Blue oyster Colt? Blue colt uh, oyster? What? What are we doing here?
4: Zombie's the cranberries. Zombie the cranberries. And it's blue, blue oyster cult. Don't That's fear the I reaper. That's what I said first, wasn't it? You said zombie, which is the cranberries.
3: I couldn't remember the name of the song. I remembered the group.
4: May she In Peace, one of the <laughs> more unique vocalists in, in rock music. I mean, outstanding. I got a
2: funny story about one of her songs. I'll tell you when we go to the break. Hold on a minute. shout out. Oh, it was Godzilla, not Zombie. Okay. Those are two different uh, fantasy creatures. Godzilla is a giant lizard. Zombies are dead people come back from the dead.
3: It was Godzilla. David sent a message shouting me out for playing that song, and I said, Michael Borky is our maestro of music. I had nothing to do with that. But (laughs) I'm glad that I could create another opportunity for us to laugh at me. That's that's, that's Uh, what I'm here for. That's what makes the show magic. That's what I'm here for. Uh, CC (laughs) in Sinatobia. whoever it is that hasn't seen the Karate Kid, why? Just watch it. That's actually disturbing. That's from CC in Sinatoga.
2: disturbing. Just to have a... Pull a clockwork orange on you and just, like, pry your eyelids open and watch it. Do you see? Shaq Bully says saying Mississippi
3: State's defense played well against Alabama is a half-truth. The second half, Saban was putting backups in, as he does in every game, when there is no chance the other team can come back.
4: Is that why his... he has always done. Uh, Heisman Trophy winning quarterback with an injured shoulder played the entire game because in the whole game because Saban was putting in backups and taking his foot off the gas. That's why he risked further injury on his again Heisman Trophy winning quarterback who was hurt in that game. Yeah, he, yes, y- 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 y'all. Shaq
3: Bully, this, this doesn't really make much sense to me.
2: Once again, Michael Borky has stand. Mississippi State
4: twice today Hey, I'll, I'll do that any day
2: as long as it's the truth right it's incredible you could, you could be Slim Shady for uh, for Halloween one year you just gotta gotta brighten up a little bit but other than that yeah shave
4: my head it's, yeah. it's incredible that two people can watch the exact same thing and come away with two completely different takes on it you see it with your own eyes and have two completely opposite opinions of what happened the objective truth is and it's interpreted in completely different ways. It's like earlier, it got on the text line, Richard, thought that I was calling you a liar about the transfer quarterbacks already knowing where they're going.
3: I didn't call uh, Richard a liar. If he was, I wouldn't listen
4: anyway. True. But you were reading a, a, a message from a listener. Oh no, no, I saw that. I just ignored and it. I, and I called the listener... I said he was incorrect, but that's not Uh, lying. Anyway.
3: Man, I love cinnamon rolls. good. Had some for breakfast yesterday.
2: Ooh, they're so delicious. What's your favorite kind? Oh, just, you know what? I'm so basic, man. Just pop them out of the two Pillsbury cinnamon rolls. Delicious. Takes me back to being a kid.
3: I believe that's the correct answer. I believe that the Pillsbury cinnamon rolls are the best cinnamon rolls. Yeah, did John Cohen have to buy that orange tie, or you think he already owned it?
2: He had to buy that, or or whoever their George Sherman is gave it to him. One of the two. Mm.
3: One of his fifty-eight He's different ties. he got to be pleased to have purged all the maroon from his closet. I mean, it's not even a shot at Mississippi State. I mean, it's just like, oh wow, I can wear a blue suit now. Life is good.
2: I just get an orange polo with an SEC logo on it instead of a maroon one. Yeah, I suppose.
3: Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Is that your 58-point plan that you were shaking there? 58-point plan. uh,
0: We didn't acknowledge it it
4: earlier. We got a great text that maybe John Cohen's 58-point plan is what Jimbo Fisher's holding on the sidelines. (laughs) (laughs)
0: He needs I to color code are the good
4: the John. <laughs> so he can
3: uh, figure out what it is. Some tabs. Yeah. You can visit genteelapparel.com. Check out the Collegiate Collection. It's going to be chilly this weekend. Maybe find the local retailer near you that carries Genteel. Grab one of those pullovers, maybe a sweater. Might need some of the outerwear. It's going to be chilly this weekend, but it's going to be fabulous. Genteel Apparel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. 5 o'clock hour in the College Football Fix, coming up next.
0: Junction in the Grove and to the top. Don't hurt yourself. Sports Talk, Mississippi on Super Talk, Mississippi huh.
3: Zombie. I knew that. Oh. <laughs> 5 o'clock hour on this Thursday afternoon, so why not? Welcome to the weekend. Good to be with you, Richard Cross. Thursdays during football season, especially with big home games, that counts as welcome to the weekend. I'll take it. Let's do it. We can start on Thursday. I'll take it. But we got to wait until tomorrow for a food Friday. But you know what? You don't have to wait oh, yeah. for it. You don't have to wait in to get uh, wait to get your pick six in. The Polk's Pick Six is live on Supertalk.fm/slash Polk's. Pick the six games this weekend. Give us the tiebreaker score, some contact information, and boom, you're done. You are entered for a chance to win sausage. It's that easy. Somebody is going to win a prize pack of Polk's meat products, a six-pack of them. You take two minutes, and really that's if you're moving slow, and you can be entered to win as well. Supertalk.fm slash Polk's to enter the Polk's Pick 6. If you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601 879 Four three nine five. Want to give your business the edge? Get Gigabit Fiber Internet from C Spire, backed by world-class IT professionals who live where you do right here in C Spire country. Cspire.com slash business online. Coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios, it's time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to BuyFordNow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. 45 years, F-Series, number one selling truck in America. Test drive the F-150 today. So, we started the show, or early in the show, we kind of talked about Mississippi State and their matchup with Georgia. Talking a little more specificity about Ole Miss and Alabama, not just the line or kind of what the crowd's going to be like or whatever. Give me an area first that you think Ole Miss can have success.
4: Ooh, that's a, a better way to phrase it because I thought you were going to say where Alabama is vulnerable. and I, So I'm going to cheat, and I'm going to answer that question. I think one of their weaknesses is offensive line. I think that this is, compared to other Alabamas, not their best unit. Uh, They give up pressure, a lot of pressure on Young. They don't exactly run the football as well as you're accustomed to an Alabama team running. The question, though, is can Ole Miss exploit that perceived weakness? Because we can talk about vulnerabilities with Alabama all day, but... They're only vulnerabilities if you can exploit them. And to me, that's the the key to the game. I I don't think it's Ole Miss's running backs. I don't think it's Jackson Dart. I don't even think it's Ole Miss's offensive line. It's can Ole Miss and the front, whatever you want to call it, front five, front six, front seven, however they line up, can they control the line of scrimmage and get pressure? Because if that answer is no, this game's going to look like 2020. Alabama's going to score at will. If you can't get pressure on Bryce Young, even a banged up version of him. That's the X Factor circled twice, underlined twice. If Ole Miss can't get pressure, they're going to lose the football game.
3: I think that's the first part of the equation. But the second part of equation of the equation. I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm just kind of adding on to what you said. When you get home, you got to finish. Yeah. Now, pressure for the sake of pressure to make Bryce Young feel uncomfortable, that's great. That's not pressure for the sake of pressure. Pressure coming that causes Bryce Young to feel uncomfortable and make throws that he doesn't want to make or have to make the throw sooner than he wants to make it, that's one thing. I guess the point I'm making is... You can't bring pressure up the middle without something also coming from the outside and allow Bryce Young to get to the outside and pick up 25 yards on 2nd and 17. Or get to the outside, buy more time, you're still chasing, it allows a, a route to develop down the field and he hits a big play. Because goodness knows Bryce Young has the ability to do that. We saw him do his best Gumby impersonation against Texas earlier this year, where he just kind of went dead leg, dumped down the player from Texas. All he had to do was break down and tackle him for a sack, and the game was over, and he couldn't do it, and boom, Bryce Young makes a play. Did it last week against LSU. Should have been a sack, broke away, ended up throwing a touchdown pass. Completely agree with you on getting pressure on Bryce Young? But it can't be just like initial pressure that you then allow him to escape and go make a play. And Ole Miss, is,
4: at times this year, have gotten into the backfield, gotten a paw on a guy, and he's escaped and made plays. Happened in the Auburn game? Can't have that happen here. I'm curious to see how they approach that. I wonder if you know maybe they'll have a spy, whether it's somebody like Tennyson or Coleman or whoever, how they're going to approach that. Do they keep somebody in the box just to make sure – if Cedric Johnson, who apparently is you know healthier, for sure, uh, if he's able to get pressure but Young escapes, do you have somebody there that is able to do that? Because how many times have you seen so far this season an Ole Miss defense that was able to flush a quarterback and there is nobody there? Happened in the Auburn game. Ashford scored a touchdown on a broken play where there was nobody spying a mm-hmm. running quarterback and he scored a touchdown easily. If you're gonna Who's your do best that
3: spy, I mean LSU used Harold Perkins Jr. a lot, and you know he might be the best equipped player in college football to handle that assignment. Who do you use for that? If you're Ole Miss, is it
4: Otis Reese? Maybe a combination to throw them different looks, but. Tennison's shown the ability at times to do that. Yeah. I think I could be wrong. The coaches will probably tell me I'm wrong. I think Coleman is your best athlete there. But is he healthy? You'd think after the bye week, but yeah, he's on the list of and,
3: and, and, yeah, two Cardi dozen Coleman players
4: was, that have been hurt. He he was kind of the other guy that I was thinking about, and
3: athletic has has certainly made some plays. Hey, Dad. You've watched both of these teams. Where's an area that you think Ole Miss can
2: have some success? Well, we've talked so much this week about Alabama and their motivation and are they into the game. And Ole Miss is the king of scoring on the first drive and making you look really silly when they do it. Big holes in the running game, wide open receivers. I mean, and really the first quarter is, is that's Ole Miss's time, right? They get out to a huge lead, and then whatever happens from there kind of happens. In a game like this where we're worried about Alabama being into the game, I mean, a quick 14 nothing lead could be the death knell for Alabama. So that that's what I'm watching is how quick can Ole Miss get on the board and can they hold Alabama. That first defensive drive might be the most important drive of the game for, for Ole Miss.
3: There's one thing that you feel really confident about going into the game. Ole Miss is getting the ball first.
2: Yeah, because Saban will probably decline.
3: If, if Ole Miss wins the toss, they're taking the ball. If Ole Miss loses the toss, Alabama's gonna defer to the second half and the Rebels will still get the ball first. It's
2: been that way all season long. Yeah. Say Saban would be wise to, to change his philosophy and maybe get the ball first. Yeah. Don't know that he
4: will. Don't don't know that he will. Um So that's one. And the other, it's it sounds elementary. you got to make fewer mistakes. Well, that's the key to basically every football game. But Alabama especially has a propensity to shoot themselves in the foot. One of the most penalized teams in America, especially on the road. So Ole Miss can't match that. It, it, you you have, There are so many things that have to go their way if they're going to want to compete in this game. I mean, there's a reason it's a 12-point line. It's Nick Saban's Alabama, all that stuff. I mean, there, there's a reason that all of those things are what they are. So if they find themselves doing that again and you match it, you're taking an opportunity away from yourself. They're going to make mistakes. They've shown it. So if you are clean, which is the key to every game I know, but you, <laughs> but it's especially important this week because they will in the secondary, and it's not just It's not just penalties. How many blown assignments did Alabama secondary have in the Tennessee game, for example? How many blown assignments did they have defensively in the LSU game? It's not just penalties where they'll screw up. They'll screw up on assignments as well, responsibilities, that kind of thing. That's your college football fix driven by Ford and your local
3: Mississippi Ford dealers. More coming up on Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios right after this.
0: You me all long. Hey, guys. What happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi.
4: Michael Warkie and Brian, hey with you the rest of the way on Sports Talk Mississippi on a
2: Thursday. It's already dark outside. That's terrible. Save us, Yeah, you, know, you think you know a lot of you know a lot of bad vibes today. You got the weather's you know starting to get colder. Got the, it's dark outside. Was like Twitter's about to go out go out, go the way of the dinosaur.
4: Yeah, what's going? Just up when with you that? It,
2: Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any worse. We have Falcons and Panthers tonight on Thursday Night Football.
4: Isn't it supposed to be raining like crazy there too tonight?
2: Oh, it's just going to be so bad. I think that's mean the Panthers. What's going on with Twitter? I mean, you know, somebody paid forty-four billion dollars for an app that doesn't make money. That's that's what happened. Uh, But he knew it doesn't Uh, make money. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know what to tell you. I, I can't. I can't help you beyond that. What I just said. You, somebody asked me if I was going to do Twitter Blue, and I'm like, "Oh God, no!" What do you think God, Rex no. Chapman is thinking right now? <laughs> What's he going to do with his life? I was
4: thinking there about goes that. I was like, my "Man, life. If, if Kenny Chesney,
2: <laughs> <laughs> if Twitter goes away, I don't have to like. What am I doing in the press box at that point? Nothing. I can just stay home. I'm staying home. Tank it, Elon. You don't know who makes out of here. you
4: do that. Right? Like, you don't have to do that."
2: Oh, I didn't. I don't. I do, but I feel like the way I'm I'm, I'm set up now, I feel like it's almost expected of me. Not from Super Talk, but from like the people who follow. Yeah,
4: the the people need it.
2: So they need my insight. It's 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 invaluable, I guess.
4: Well, instead, well, I would say instead they're not happening during the game. But I would say instead you can just watch the World Cup. But that's the day after the Egg Bowl. That's the day after the England game. You know, all right, all, so Richard's gone. Yeah, our our thoughts on the on the roster. For all the crap that that we give you about watching soccer, uh, people are going to be frustrated with uh, with me for the first forty five minutes of the day after the Egg Bowl show. Because
2: we're playing England today,
4: that oh, and that's definitely yeah. going Just to be the day the start off of the
2: show. Take the day off. Ah. It's it's a work holiday anyway. Just take it off. Go enjoy yourself. I do it. There are days I take off work to watch sporting events. Just do it. Me and Richard will got it. We, we we'll be fine.
4: We get a text here that says, "Since I watch three hours a day, <laughs> what if I keep up with which one? Hey, Dad, yawns more when Porky or Richard is talking. That might be like the Mike Probably Leach Richard. cough thing.
2: Yeah, it is. CJ, and Just the Delta an old says, man, you know, yeah. getting my bedtime. Got you. Got to drink more Go coffee. Home, watch Matt Locke and call it a night. I don't drink coffee. Darren and
4: Jackson uh, recommends Truth Social. I have a feeling Twitter's not going anywhere. That this is all just people it's being on
2: Truth Social.
4: People being dumb. Somebody appreciates your in-game insight. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, appreciating it. Your basketball updates crack me up, though. I mean, are you are you typing the entire game? Because it's basically basketball. I only, basket.
2: only, only now I only update state scores. I don't update the other team, so if they, so if you ever watch, like if you're looking at my Twitter feed, and there's like a 15, 20 minute gap, it means the other team's on like a twenty to nothing run. Like yeah. I haven't said
4: anything. Well, hopefully, Coach uh, Coach uh, Christoph Yans uh, won't
2: have those kind of scoring droughts. <laughs> I can't I can't wait for the start of 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 conference play. It's going to be Yansuary. <laughs> Gonna <laughs> get things going oh, in Yanzo- uh, January. They play tomorrow night. They play in the Barstool Invitational tomorrow night in Philadelphia against Akron, and they're back home Sunday. I don't know who it's against on Sunday, but it's a two o'clock tip. They're expecting that they want to get a decent crowd in there with people staying from after the football game. The women play at home tomorrow night, and it's uh, it's cool. They're retiring. I don't know if retiring is the right word, but they will raise Latoya Thomas's. Uh, jersey to the rafters so she and oh, awesome. Bailey Howe will be the only two up there
4: the psa again for people that happen to want to watch coach yams uh tomorrow <laughs> um it's barstool.com right the game he's, are... he's not a sweet potato
2: <laughs> it's whatever barstool's website is they'll have and i'll tweet out assuming twitter doesn't blow up between now and then uh, I'll tweet out a link once I have it. But, yeah, you'll have to I, – I keep bringing this up on every platform that I'm on. There is no SEC network or you watch ESPN for this game. You will have to view it via Barstool's uh, streaming uh, channels, which may or may not cost you money. I'm not sure at this time.
4: Darren and Jackson, you need to meet this guy. He says, I have a friend from Columbus who thinks hey
2: Dad hung the moon for some reason. He calls the show the hey Ad and the Boys show. Well, I appreciate that. Why couldn't it be? You know, I got a friend who's a supermodel who who thinks that. I don't know what
4: you know, TV, and you think it's free? It is free. You're not gonna have to pay for for watching that game. It's okay, not, it's not like that.
2: That's great, great.
4: Oh, uh, have we seen that, the visitor accommodations at the World Cup? Yeah. So they have. Are they bad? They have thirty thousand. So the, the the players are are staying in hotels that would shock you how awesome they are.
2: I mean, you know, oh, that part of the world, yeah. The the luxury stuff is awesome.
4: The but they have a a little makeshift city for 60,000 visitors. So you don't have if you're going to the games, you don't have to stay here, but these are accommodations if you could not afford or get in one of these swanky hotels that they have. Um it's shipping containers. 30,000 shipping containers. That do have plumbing, so so you can use the bathroom. Um, Thank God for that. Yeah, so sixty thousand people, two per shipping container, and this makeshift shipping container little city that they that they built just for the World Cup. There's uh, tarp. What's the chimp the so,
2: over there right now?
4: And it's still it's gotta be still in the nineties, right? Something like that. Yeah, it's still like brutally hot. And is apparently there, the sun is there, so bright that if you don't wear sunglasses like, you can actually damage your eyes.
2: Is there AC in these uh I assume
4: containers? that they've got something. Like a fan or something? They, they've got something, but they're shipping containers. They, it, it's the Firefest Fest, it's, is what it is. It, they, they, if you... And it, it's like $220 a night or something like that. And if, if your team goes deep in the World Cup, you're staying there for, what, three, four weeks? You know, it's it's a long event. Yeah. So if yeah. you're a Brazil fan... And you you travel from Rio uh, up to Cutter, and by the way, if you get caught with alcohol, immediately
2: arrested. It's an alcohol-free zone. Uh, you might die. You might you might be killed. You might be beheaded. So, yeah, terrible. No. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a list of things that if you get caught doing, you may not make it out of there alive. Yeah. What a great choice. A great great choice, especially in November. Uh, just uh, just love yeah. that.
4: CJ in the Delta back to football says, hey guys, to me the biggest key to the Ole Miss game is the secondary, if you get no pressure, you have no chance. And it's all relative, like we talk about with, with Georgia. It, it, Alabama's group of wide receivers is not good for Nick Saban's Alabama. They're still very good and capable wide receivers, I mean, but it's not what you're used to.
2: Every year he's been there, he's had at least one, right? Amari Cooper, Julio Jones. Then he had Calvin Ridley. Then you had that stretch where you had four. Yeah. You had four guys that all ended up being first round guys. And now they don't, I look at that wide receiver core and I'm like, there's not a a dude in there. There's not one guy. I'm just like, that guy, you got to make sure he doesn't beat you. You know, I mean, they got, again, talented players, but there's not a guy that just, that's, that, you know, when, when Calvin Ridley walked on the field, when Julio Jones walked on the field, you're like, that's the guy. You got to you got to take care of him as best you can. And they don't have that guy now. Maybe that makes him a little more dangerous though.
4: It's the same thing defensively too, right? I mean, on the back end of their defense, they they're not your typical, I mean, Eli Ricks yeah. LSU picked yeah. on him. And you know, maybe yeah. there was some I think that was on purpose too. Yeah. But yeah, but they, but they picked on him. There was some
2: motivation there. Yeah. It's not yeah, what you're used there's, to there's there no either. There's no elite safety cornerback back there. They all their their best guys are in the front seven. Did hate say he doesn't drink coffee? I don't drink coffee.
4: Like y- you don't as in like but you will if you need it or you don't as in you refuse and never have to I don't drink coffee.
2: Will. I don't like hot beverages. You know they got cold brew. I, I don't like I don't like the taste or the smell of coffee. Huh. Which is funny, right? Because one of the biggest coffee houses in the SEC—it's one of my sponsors. I talk them up. Great people, but I don't—I don't drink coffee. No, I, I don't like coffee. We need Bryce coffee Young. Flavored. This is from Brandon. We need Bryce
4: Young to have another off game. He threw for three thirty-ish last week, but it was twenty-one of fifty-one passing. Yeah, and the and the way you can help that is pressure. And he doesn't look 100%. He's still phenomenal, which, again, it's all relative. It's Alabama. Uh, Bad for Alabama is still good for 99.9% of college football. But he doesn't look healthy. He does not look 100%, Mm. and he can still carve you up uh,
2: because he's Bryce Young, but he does not. The West, man, the quarterbacks are all just beat up. Yeah, and they are. Him, Jefferson, you know what's going on with A&M.
4: Sports Talk Mississippi, I'm Michael Borky. He's Brian Haydad. More of your text when we come back.
0: Is Sports Talk, Mississippi, right here on Super Talk, Mississippi?
4: Michael Borky and Brian Haydad with you on a Thursday. Thanks to Barrett Salih for these. A couple of playoff scenarios. We did some yesterday. I like the way he formatted these. You tell me who makes the college football playoff in this scenario. Georgia runs the table, goes undefeated, obviously wins the SEC, handing LSU, presumably, a third loss or, by chance, Ole Miss a second loss Whoever wins the Ohio State-Michigan game wins the Big Ten. Let's just call it Ohio State for the sake of this argument. So Georgia, undefeated SEC champion. Ohio State, undefeated Big Ten champion. Who gets the other two spots? Pac-12 champion Oregon with one loss. TCU slips up this weekend at Texas but wins out, including the Big 12. So a one-loss Big 12 champion, TCU. Mm-hmm. A one-loss non-division or conference champion, Tennessee. A one-loss non-division or conference champion in Michigan. Or Clemson or UNC, whoever wins the ACC with one loss. In that scenario,
2: entirely plausible who gets the nod. Two spots. You know the, b- the best four teams are in that scenario? They're Georgia and Ohio State, Tennessee and Michigan. Let's just rematch them up. Let's 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 do it separately in the semifinals. Georgia versus Michigan, Ohio State versus Tennessee, and then let's let the chips fall where they may from there. That's the four best teams. In reality, Oregon would probably get in for sure. Tennessee, I think, is in. If they're eleven and one, I think Tennessee's getting in. So the other team would probably be Oregon, but Michigan would is better than Oregon. We get TCU and Clemson and Oregon and Tennessee. I agree with you. I think
4: a a one loss, despite that one loss being a blowout in Week 1, but if Oregon runs the table with wins over UCLA and USC at that point, they would get in because you're not going to have a committee. Whether it's right or wrong, it doesn't matter because I promise you a committee is not going to have an all-SEC-slash-Big Ten playoff if they can help it. No. No. And so, or I think Oregon would get in. Those are the four best teams. But you couldn't deny Tennessee. I think that would be your that would be your four because Clemson sure wouldn't belong over Tennessee. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, yes, they would win a conference
2: in that scenario, but you got to use your brain and just apply. Watch the games. That's 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 what bothers me about this. Is you know the whole purpose of this committee is they are supposed to watch the games and make these decisions. Watch the games. Who are the four best teams? Unfortunately for you if you don't want to do it it's it's too bad the four best teams are Georgia, Tennessee, Florida, I'm Florida, Ohio State, Michigan.
4: I think I know the answer to this this one, but we're going to do it anyway. Next scenario. Undefeated Georgia, <laughs> undefeated Ohio State, undefeated there. TCU. You would assume all three of those teams get in. Who gets the fourth spot? Oregon with one loss as the champion of the Pac-12, Tennessee with one loss, non-division winning, non-conference winning, one loss, non-division winning, non-conference winning Michigan, or Clemson winning the ACC with one loss? Who gets that final spot if you throw
2: TCU in? There? I think it's still it's still Tennessee. It's it's going to take a lot to to dump Tennessee out of the top four. I feel. Yeah, especially
4: when transitive property, whatever. Tennessee Mm -hmm. played Georgia on the road, got beat by two touchdowns. Oregon played
2: Georgia in a neutral
4: site, got beat by Mm -hmm. six of those things.
2: A little bit. The only way Tennessee does not, the only way Tennessee doesn't get in, in my opinion, is if LSU wins the SEC. Then LSU and Georgia are getting in, and they won't take a third SEC team. Where does a
4: one-loss Ole Miss end up after the season? It's a great question. So there's a chance. There's a chance that an 11-and-one Ole Miss does not make an Access Bowl. Imagine that. There's a chance mm-hmm. that that happens. What you need to be hoping for is. LSU to get a third loss. Now, you would prefer, in this scenario, if Ole Miss goes 11-1, you want that LSU loss to happen either this weekend or in College Station in two weeks. You want it to be in the regular season. yeah. So you can play in the SEC Championship, obviously. But in terms of access bowl, you need LSU to get that third loss in the SEC Championship. But even then... You've got to worry about Tennessee. If Tennessee gets left out, it's a mess. An eleven and one old miss could right. could either play for the SEC championship, play in an access bowl, or be left out of the access bowl.
2: That's how it be in the citrus bowl at eleven and one. Could you imagine? That's just what it is, though. I mean, they're not gonna at eleven and one, assuming they're not the West champions, they're not gonna get ahead of Tennessee. So Tennessee would be the highest rated SEC team to not be in the playoff, that's automatic to the Sugar Bowl. And then you know it becomes a game of where does LSU end up and where do you know do they go to the Orange Bowl or something like that. Got to remember the only the SEC, the only automatic SEC tie-in is the Sugar Bowl. Usually there is another SEC team that can go to the Orange Bowl, but they don't the Orange Bowl doesn't have to pick them. They can they they can pick whoever they like. As long as you know, as long as the rankings make sense. Get a question. So, if state
4: loses two more games, will they still be in a bowl game? Yes. Yeah. Seven yeah, to five.
2: In. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they'll, they'll go to a bowl at six and six. The SEC is not going to have enough people to fill all its bowl spots without them. You know, a six and six is getting into a bowl this year. It's getting into a bowl every year. What am I saying? They, oh, yeah. As long as you're bowl eligible. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, Bobby and Baseball, hypothetical.
4: Tennessee and LSU both lose another regular season game. Don't count on the Tennessee part, but it's a hypothetical. And Ole Miss beats Georgia sure. in the SEC title game. They're the uh, number one – no,
2: they'll be the number two seed in the playoff. they would be the number two seed behind the number one Ohio State-Michigan winner. Yep, and they would even Georgia be ahead would still of get an in.
4: undefeated TCU. And
2: I think. Georgia would still get in. Yep. Yeah. You're probably looking at, in that scenario, Ohio State-Ole Miss – TCU Georgia. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't rematch them. They wouldn't rematch them first round. They would make Georgia the three and and TCU the four. That would be in the Peach Bowl too, wouldn't it? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> just just reliving that day. I'm sure Ole Miss yeah. fans have, have always wanted to. And of course, we get the miss Get some revenge finally. Well, Ole Miss isn't going to eleven ooh, and one. Ooh, you no. get Zach Evans versus uh, TCU too. Ooh, that'd be fun. Storylines writing themselves.
4: Yes, we, we what know. It's it's S- a, I'm sorry. It, it says, "Well, Ole Miss ain't going 11 and one." Well, probably not. But probably not. We we were asked, so we answered. That's how this works. If you want to ask us about Mississippi State running the table, we'll talk about that too. But we don't discriminate
2: around here. It's not our thing. That is not our thing. Except against Tennessee baseball and uh, maybe Texas a and a little bit. We will discriminate against them. Yeah, if you, if, yeah. If you, if you wear a hat that says Daddy, we, we will discriminate against you.
4: Oh, man, yes.
2: Yeah.
4: Mm. I wonder if they're going to keep that going. That, I assume so.
2: Right? Well, now then, the then the, the, the NCA rule on that that you can't have. Oh right, props no props. Or which yeah, of course they did. They're so lame. Actually, I'm not a huge fan of, but whatever. Uh, funny story. Is there another scenario we're not we're not talking about? By the way, so. is there another? I don't think
4: so. I mean, unless we we want to get into stupid chaos, like Ohio State loses this weekend and Michigan well, I mean, loses to we, Iowa we, or know, whatever.
2: Yeah, we're not. going to What do about one that. loss? USC when loss, UCLA wins the Pac-12. I think they would just simply replace Oregon in the scenarios that we've discussed. Okay, I assume so. Well, I mean, you know, you say that, but Oregon is currently what fifth, and and you've got eight and twelve. Can can UCLA? I mean, I guess they would because they would beat USC yeah. and beat Oregon. They they should jump up, but I mean, what if they only jump up to like six? Hmm. And then you your your reward is you get to play a bowl game in your home stadium. Congrats! Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> you're playing Penn State. Sounds great. Uh, yeah,
4: for, for as long as Twitter's still alive, we get some cool moments like this. So the Panthers Falcons tonight. If you feel like watching it, um, I guess if you want to know what prison is like, you, you can watch Panthers Falcons tonight because that that's it's going to feel steelers- like steelers Saints
2: this weekend, right? I mean, my gosh.
4: But cool story. So Jake Matthews plays for the Falcons. Uh, his wife, Maggie, uh, has been pregnant and due any day. She had the baby yesterday, I believe, late yesterday, just in time for him to hop on an airplane and play tonight. She puts on Twitter, baby boy safely delivered, and Jake Matthews is safely delivered uh, to the plane to Charlotte. Rise up, Falcons. I did my best. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, that actually happened earlier today. So he flew out today, got to be there for his son's birth in the morning, and tonight, he's going to be playing in an NFL game. That's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, again, it's good stuff. I wouldn't recommend you watch that game because it's going to be a taro- a brand of football that's so bad you won't recognize it as the sport. It might look like rugby to you. But uh, Jake Matthews is going to be riding that dad high tonight. So pretty cool story there. One more segment with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, when we come back.
0: talk Mississippi yeah on super talk Mississippi
4: Working, Brian that with you one more time, Jason. On the text lines, talking about WrestleMania. Is there a big wrestling thing tonight?
0: No,
2: not tonight. No. Uh-huh. WrestleMania
4: when, is in April. When's the next big one?
2: Uh, first next weekend, I think. Full Gear is next weekend for AEW. MJF versus John Moxley for the AEW World Heavyweight Title. You gonna be watching? You would like – oh, yeah. these East Tennessee State you game
4: would like MJF. at, like, 245, so.
2: Yeah, I'm good, yeah. You would like MJF. MJF would be an Ole Miss fan because his catchphrase is, I'm better than you, and you know it. He always wears a scarf, too. Fits right in. Uh, well, the, Grove
4: ready. Y- you know, the scarf thing, speaking of the World Cup, you're going to see people in Qatar – in in the in the <laughs> desert with scarves around with scarves. their necks. What is wrong with people? Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, some of them wear them up around their face. The women.
4: I'm talking about fans from other countries.
2: Oh, I thought you meant like the natives.
4: No, I'm talking. I'm talking, fans from other countries like the, the people from England are no, they gonna have they have
2: the body scarves in that area of the world. And, and, and even the American the outlaws, toe. which,
4: by the way, there's scandal there, too. Oh my gosh. This this thing oh, no. is a disaster. I can't the thing is, I am so hyped for the World Cup. I can't wait to watch it
2: despite it it's, being wildly just, corrupt and disgusting. It's the same as college football. Yeah. I don't care. I just want to watch the games. The games are all I care about. And same with the World Cup. I just want to watch the games. Bribe whoever you like. I don't care. Now it's messing me up this year. It should be in the summer. It's messing up the Premier League season. That's a problem. But for the most part, once the games yeah. start, I'm just going to watch the games.
4: And, or just, I mean, it's the, what is it, the Thursday, next Thursday? Yeah. Something like that. Either way. Uh, so the the supporters group, the American Outlaws, they have chapters all over. Uh, somebody involved signed up for like a... We're gonna pay for you to have hotel accommodations to come visit Cutter, but you've got to post really positive stuff stuff about your visit on social media, kind of thing. Where yeah. it's like you yeah. come here and we'll pay for it, but we own you. And they, they got yeah. they got involved in that, and it was a big scandal because you uh, shouldn't. Uh, you
2: know, it's like the Twitter blue. It's like just paying for stupidity. Oh well.
4: Well, you you so, can. I like get. the
2: English team, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's a good squad. Yeah, all three Chelsea guys. Just,
4: just win to beat Iran and beat Wales, and and whatever happens
2: with England happens, and you're moving on. I'm picking Argentina to win it all. Yeah, over Brazil. This, I think this is Messi's. I think this is Messi's last go. He's gonna make a. He's gonna make a magic moment. I think. He's never won one. Yeah, that's crazy to think about. This is probably Messi and Ronaldo's last uh, World Cup. Oh, Re- Ronaldo's just a. Uh... A cherry picker anyway. Don't don't be like that. Guy's a good play. Guys are great player. He just cleans don't up other play. people's misses. Yeah, but he all but he's, don't act like he hasn't made ridiculous shots through his career. Don't act.
4: <clears throat> Kyle says we should have a five K in your honor and call it the chicken run. But he he wants to say that he's not calling you a chicken but from your chicken story. I have a chicken
2: story? i have having a hard time remembering what that is, too. I don't know what it is. We can have a 5K, and I will be the grandmaster of ceremonies, but uh, I will not be participating in it. I'll just stand on a a box and just yell at people like, Hurry it up! Let's go, slowpokes! What is my chicken story? I don't know. Jake Matthews,
4: by the way, just arriving. He's running into the stadium to get dressed so he can play tonight. He just got to Charlotte. That's uh, that's really get cool. Get him taped up. That's, mm. uh, that's really cool. But uh, anyway, uh, we appreciate you guys being part of the show today. Of course, we've got a regular Friday show. Richard will be in Philadelphia, but he'll be with us, I believe, in Philly, right? Isn't that what he said? Either way. He'll be with uh, us tomorrow. Blue, that's correct, yes. We'll talk high school football with Will. We'll get picks with Bruce. We'll do two questions: Mississippi State and Georgia Saturday night. Ole Miss and Alabama. I mean, Alabama and Georgia are in our state this weekend. I mean, there, there's there's so much other yeah. stuff going on that it's kind of hard to put into perspective that you know back in July this is what we were waiting for, right? We're waiting for these mm-hmm. opportunities, the free shots, if you will, at the the apparent best of the best, and we'll see if they can get it done. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. But thank you guys for making our show a part of your day. We'll see you tomorrow at 3 o'clock. For Richard and Brian, I'm Michael. We'll see you all then.